0: Welcome to Hashtag Wolves in the 12th episode of the season. I'm your host, Noah, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will in the Wolves How are we doing?
1: Doing great. It's great to be back in the studio, and we have a pretty exciting episode for you, I would say. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know any better endorsement than that, but it's uh, January in the NBA, and things are heating up. Also, we're now going to welcome all saints fans to the podcast and kansas city chiefs fans r.i.p in the championship weekend we're just trying to get everything you get yes exactly so
0: now that your kansas city football team lost you should come join a minneapolis based nba team
1: Yeah, see, that's exactly what I was going for, as long as we're on the same page. So in this episode, for our new listeners, we've got six games to recap, Uh, a stretch in which the Wolves went 3-3, and and it's also the first stretch in the post Tibbs era. So after cranking through some games, we're going to talk about Ryan Saunders and kind of the the change in the team's vibe and how they're performing without Tom Thibodeau.
0: Yeah, I think... Not to give away any spoilers, but I think that it started off very high on Saunders just because of the one OKC game, but now there's a little more nuanced discussion you could have around that topic.
1: I agree. We still have the same players, and they're still performing most of the same way, but there are some some noteworthy changes to talk about, uh, but we'll kick it off with the Tuesday game at OKC, and Noah, we got, the, we got the dub.
0: Yeah, seriously, I think this was my favorite game that I've watched this year. And I've probably watched what seventy percent of the games. I know it's disappointing to hear that we we don't watch every single minute of basketball. Especially with me
1: in the ninety to one hundred percent range, but I'm I'm happy for you. Yeah, yeah, you're you're a busy guy. So,
0: so of the few games that I watched this year, (laughs) this I think was one of the best, just because the combination of, um, I mean, winning at OKC just to start with by two, and then having Ryan Saunders as your new coach, obviously with the legacy of Flip and all that. If you don't know about flip saunders you should go read his wikipedia page after pausing this podcast and then come back here
1: yeah pretty awesome dude scott a son coaches the timberwolves yes
0: so everyone was pretty solid in this game i think that was a part of it so it gave the impression and i think it was definitely real in this game that they they were rallying around him and that certain guys that don't usually get love from tibbs are going to get Love from Saunders. I think Tyus and Wiggins are probably two of the more noteworthy people in that regard. So that was good to see, and they played well as well. It was a back and forth game, insane amount of lead changes it, during the game. There was a Nerlens Noel. He Wiggins went up for a dunk and tried to throw it down pretty hard, and basically
1: knocked Nerlens Noel yeah, out. Yeah, pretty much. And it, was, it was a really
0: bad injury, and so I, for better or worse, that definitely gave an environment in the arena where every time Wiggins got to the free throw line there's booze and everything so obviously no injury should ever be advertised as improving a game but it definitely gave, gave more energy and I guess like life to the game or turmoil yeah. right
1: those things happened. guys on the thunder side got fired up guys on the wolf side got fired up it just put a different twist on the game for yeah sure.
0: and a lot of the commentary I thought around the injury was very interesting in the fact that They felt that it was rude that Wiggins was sort of celebrating after winning the game and things like that. And obviously terrible things have happened in basketball like Gordon Hayward's injury and things like that. But I think in that moment you put it aside and I think Gordon Hayward would celebrate as Andrew Wiggins did or Noel would probably as well. Yeah, you know the, what I mean? I think just don't I the think game the spirit goes of competition. On, like
1: nobody passed away. The guy got knocked out and it was a bad injury. But I think there was one moment you kind of alluded to where they were watching to see him get helped, I think, onto a stretcher and um someone cracked a joke on the wolves sideline to kinda of lighten the mood and some guys laughed at yes, it and yeah. that's what Dennis Dennis Schroeder got really upset about ended up pushing Teague and Teague pushed back and Teague got ejected so that was part of the the hoopla around the game mhm
0: so th- like things like that'll happen but i think you just have to move on and play the game and obviously you're going to celebrate when your new coach who's what the youngest coach to have his debut i think in the NBA i'm not sure but don't i don't mean, call me on <laughs> that but i remember there, there's some aspect of and i think he's also the youngest coach in the NBA right now it was either yeah. or both of those Either way, very young, and it's just impressive to see how he's come up with all the flip stuff. But, yeah, as for the game, Paul George and Russ kind of both did their thing. Russ still having some struggles, as he has been this year, but he is like a Yeah, like he's a still got 25. Yeah. He has like five categories he excels in, so I don't, no one's really ever worried about Westbrook. No. Whereas when Wiggins misses shots, it's like that's the only thing we yeah, have. We're, yeah, we're not going to get any um, rebounds. or Paul assist. George continues his near-MVP season, And overall, just a really solid win and a great way to kick off Ryan Saunders. But from there, we go to a Just as exciting game, but Mm -hmm. with an L.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So then the Wolves come home to Dallas and they kind of carry all of the, at least the media carries all of the Saunders hype. Yes. And then it's the first home game. And also like Dirk's last game. So it would have been a really, Dirk's last game at Target Center. So it would have been a really fun one to pick up. But we lose 119, 115. I feel like the noteworthy part of this game comes at the end. Luka Doncic, who hadn't really been shooting very well, but has shown to be like a really clutch player and his Euro experience has been surprisingly useful. He pulls up for a three, which pushes it to a four point lead for Dallas. And then on the other end, the Wolves try to pick up a three, have Dario Saric in the game. He passes up a three pointer. No one ends up really getting a good look and the Wolves don't even take a game tying shot. So it was a game that was really close and kind of just like a chunky Wolves contest against another Western Conference team, but they should have been able to pick up a win against the Mavs, who had like the fewest number of road wins going into that game.
0: Yeah, of course. And it's a game you want to win, but I think it was also a little unfair that, in a way that Saunders won his
1: first game in a
0: fashion like that, Mm -hmm. because people... And, ever, and I, I felt it, too, like you're just going to be very energized and have very unreasonable expectations after that game, especially going back home. It just mm-hmm. feels like you have all this momentum, but that's not really how things work when most NBA teams sit around 500. like You just drop games, right? So I think it really sort of not popped a bubble, right? People are still insanely excited, excited that he's here, but it sort of just quickly validated that we will not, you know, win 82
1: games. (laughs) Right. And I think what you're saying is so true that you hope after like a signature win against the thunder, it's like, hmm, maybe this is something that snaps the team into place. Cause stuff like that, stuff like that does happen over the course of a season. Like, Oh, maybe, you know, I couldn't help, but believe like maybe a coaching change does make all the difference let's see friday against Dallas, and then they just became a victim of luca mania
0: yeah totally like a ESPN thing. but what do you think is like the value of going from a bad to a good coach if that is like just assuming that's what the situation is is it the same as picking up like a sixth man or like a fifth man or you know, the- i'm trying to encapsulate how you just couldn't take the worst team in the nba slap a young coach on it who hasn't even proved himself, but let's mm-hmm. just say he's gonna be amazing. What's like the maximum impact that he could even have when I would you have say the same it, guys, right? It's
1: probably the impact of the same impact as like another player. So if you improve yeah. the one player on your team from an average player to a star player, it's probably the same as like an average coach to a great coach. Like look at Mark Jackson to see you probably curve. like count
0: as one player, right? Right. Yeah.
1: Something like that. Um but if you go from kind of like a really great star player, then you tank and now you or star coach and now you have a rookie coach. It probably swings wins yeah. you know, reasonably that way. So kind of a a bummer to kick off that stretch going one and one when you had a winnable Dallas game, but then the Wolves bounce back at home against New Orleans on a back to back and get the victory.
0: Yeah, and you could say it's an unlucky loss against the Mavs, but then you could say New Orleans was a lucky win, right? So I think it's important to keep yeah, that perspective. Sure. Guys look tired, but again, back-to-back in the NBA, like, what do you really expect? So that's just something that you really have to deal with going into these games. It was one of the games where Cat just further proved that he is the franchise player of this team. And with Cove out, it's like, I don't even think there's any competition for what Cat's doing mm-hmm. relative to what how other players are competing. Mm-hmm. So I think... Think of what he had when he had Jimmy, the drama with it, and sort of, I guess, you don't compete with the own players in your team. Well, maybe with Jimmy. You, cannibal- yeah,
1: you cannibalize each other. Like, yeah. you, you don't get the same statistics.
0: So maybe with Towns', I don't know, I don't, don't want to say softer personality, but you understand what I'm getting at, that he might be sensitive to that fact, where now he has so much space to maybe have a couple games, but still kind of keep his role as a franchise player. And I think that was further solidified here where he really went off with twenty seven points and twenty seven boards, the twenty seven boards being the most in the NBA this season. Um I was joking that ESPN probably mocked up that he was the only player in the NBA with twenty six points and twenty six rebounds, but
1: Yeah, and like the the most or in a group of six elite guys yeah, now. So the, yeah. The
0: cherry pick stats so that Jamal Crawford looks like the goat. Right?
1: Yeah, exactly. They they're very good at what they do.
0: <laughs> so Dyes had fourteen and that was in, I believe, yeah, Rose's absence as well as Roko's. It's nice to see him get, I think, over 20 minutes, over 25 minutes in these games. You know, I don't have any stats to back it up right now, but I think playing a fully fleshed-out game, you feel more dependent on. Or yeah, if you're coming I mean, off the bench for six or seven minutes or like Luol Dang, you know that there's sort of a min and a max to your impact. So you don't, I guess, feel pulled either way too much probably. So I think he had some space to play his own game and he's such
1: a steady hand he shows that when he gets like an extended run even with the bench guys yeah uh they they seem to play really well with him on the floor
0: Mm -hmm. and definitely a gritty shooting night since uh sarge and gibson were the only guys over 500 and wiggins does kind of i feel like i've seen a seven for 21 wiggins stat line a few times before it's his familiar range so we win by four but i think towns 27 rebounds probably fueled a lot of the second chance points and things like that it's pretty rare to see 110 and not have really anyone shoot lights out right
1: well and it's fun to watch the pelicans games because you have a mirror in anthony davis who i think is i love that narrative yeah the kentucky, and the kentucky and the, thing they just eat it up but now like like you said the wolves really without another star you can kind of say ad's on his like vacuum squad and towns without roco and wiggins being really sporadic, like can these who out of these one star teams can kind of get the victory tonight? Yeah, you know, it very much made in. the matchup
0: more evident when you kind of strip away some of the other stars who could. Take away, I guess, some of the press or the, the content, right?
1: Right. I think with as many wolves games as we've watched on TV, you could plug and play us in for Jim Pete and Dave Benz at least in the wolves pregame. Just like, oh, what are the two teams that are playing? We're going to talk Kentucky guys, or oh, Giannis is in town. Let's talk about other maybe like
0: freaks. five or six minutes of pre-rehearsed content, and then it cuts to. Awkward silence. Yeah, yeah. After
1: game. yeah, after that, it would be a struggle. They're pros, but the, we've got the pregame stuff down. Give me a teleprompter, and I'll read off. Fast. Yeah, exactly. But I think I think you're right in kind of solid game for Cat. Sluggish though, for sure. Yeah, it's nice to get sort of
0: those gritty wins against solid teams, and that definitely didn't translate to Tuesday against Philadelphia. Right?
1: No, like honestly, if it wasn't on a Tuesday night, it would have been one of the more hyped games of the season and you know how much hype matters to me it's like the most important statistic (laughs) in the nba
0: i feel like there's a lot of minnesota hype around it but i don't feel that i caught wind of a lot of espn level like people watching this game or something
1: no not so much and that that probably had to do with the timing but we won't bury the lead the wolves lose 149 to 107 Um, That's kind of all you need to say, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to hit you with a couple silver linings before we kind of get into some of the nitty gritty. We're compliment (laughs) sandwiching. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to move on from this one pretty quick because it was rough. Uh, We were only down by 25 at half and then we're even with them in the third quarter. So I feel like if we played like eight quarters. We are on
0: pace to lose by 50 and then lost by 40.
1: Yes, exactly. So, you know, you can pull all of those advanced metrics. I don't know how you calculated that just now on the fly, <laughs> but you know, you start to pull some of that stuff together and it looked like we were going to have a really, really good game. We also managed to hold Jimmy under 20. So just personally that, you know, felt pretty good despite the fact that again, we lost by 42. The 76ers just had an extremely balanced scoring effort and I feel like we, part of the narrative around the trade is we kind of took their depth. You know, they got a star, but they gave up Roko and Sarge. But they scored like a lot of guys in double figures and Bede with 31. It was just a really, really ugly game for the Wolves.
0: Yeah, and I think as a whole, the thing to focus on is not the 107, because it's not embarrassing really, but the 149. Yes. Insofar as... I would bargain to say that over half of or whatever majority percentage you want to use of games where someone beat someone by 40 and is able to score 41 It's because you just gave up or had a lackluster effort on defense, right? If these guys go out because de- defense is effort, right? Like you could create shots for yourself all day, but just some days there's a lot of variance and you're just going to you're just going to miss, right? Yeah. Even if you have all these open threes. But with defense, I think there's, like, if you get to your guy, if you cut him off, if you block a shot, like, that's a missed shot. There's really no, it's much more 1-0 yeah, based on the effort you put in.
1: Like, stay aware off ball. Like, defense in the NBA is really, really hard. But, you know, if you try to move your feet and, you know, and you're athletic enough to get to that level, I think you're right. Defense is a lot of effort and athleticism. Yeah.
0: Where if they win 100-60, to 60, then I think the narrative I would put out is much different because... Scoring 60 points, it's kind of easy to say, oh, we had a bad shooting night right. with a combination of other factors. But 149, I think, it's just, it's an all-star like game score. And so you immediately point to the types of efforts that go into an all-star game.
1: Yeah, and I think you, it's a really important point uh, because Teague commented on the effort after the game too, like, these guys just didn't seem to really bring it tonight and i was listening to some of the local radio say wait wait these guys didn't really bring it like aren't you the starting point guard on the team like can you like d somebody up (laughs) slap the floor teague like make something happen you don't even have
0: to say like i messed up you can just say like we didn't have yeah it's so the the phrasing these guys are are like those people yeah is always going to get you into trouble especially when you're supposed to be what you're a veteran point guard so you're kind of a a captain in a way of the and team,
1: yeah. Like never missed the playoffs. Like he has a pretty significant influence on the team, just based on how many minutes he gets. Just not a ton of ownership from Teague, and it was it was a really sour note on the week. Something that like was not a good quick road trip. It was just lame.
0: It just sucked. Right? There's, yeah. There's not much like intricacies you can
1: yeah yeah you can tell it's kind of put a sour taste in our mouth and then it was a like a little bit of an extended delay before the spurs game on friday which was a little bit better but still still a grind
0: yeah it's almost funny because obviously you want to come back and sting it to them with like a win right Mm -hmm. but when you only lose by three to the spurs not saying i don't know how i don't want to call that a moral victory but you at least snap back to reality right you played an nba level game right you didn't was lose a, by 40 it, it was a We're game an of upward two trend. Like, two professional teams mm-hmm. <laughs> so i guess that'd be my silver lining for this game but yes very much a winnable game and the really easy thing to point to here is towns having 21 minutes due to foul trouble obviously i guess last year i feel like we talked about towns's defense all the time like that was kind of the easy narrative with towns obviously mm-hmm. he's gonna attract a lot of attention from us because he plays a lot but i feel like
1: he always has these kind of one bullet point things on him and now it's fouls right yeah i mean we're probably 12 minutes into this pod which means towns would have like three fouls you know maybe one warning and he's sitting on the bench for the entire second quarter that's just (laughs) kind of the way it's been
0: Yes, so it's it's not been great, right? Also, your perception of time is whack. Oh Uh,
1: yikes! (laughs) We'll cut as many things as you need to to get this cut. Six minutes of content just so you can be right. Yeah, for sure, I'd love that.
0: But overall, like no one really got too hot. So in these situations, when towns gets taken out of the game, you sort of have to replace that production that you expect out of them. Especially since a half decent team line was only negative one and a half in the Wolves' favor. Everyone shot between forty to sixty, so it's just kind of an eh. No box score highlights really. But Wiggins was, as I'm going to make some box score highlights. But Wiggins was <laughs> seven for twelve with five rebounds. But then went zero for two from the free throw line just to kind of you know st- st- stay a little closer to home.
1: Yeah, exactly. Make sure that you're being a little bit more familiar. Keep- like
0: guys, I don't, I don't want these expectations to like go back up again, right? Like this, this max contract stuff's already too much. So he's got to. He's got to keep it in that mid-level player. Yeah, that's area. right.
1: Happiness is a function of realistic expectations and maximum level so contracts. Now we're he's got, podcasts. yeah, he's got, he's got all of that.
0: D Rose said, "Hold my beer," and went eleven for eleven from the free throw line. There we so go. Maybe weekends could run back those eleven free throws and learn a thing or two, but not expecting that just yet.
1: Carry around a med ball or something like
0: that. Yeah, so apparently that's the trick. Pop, a happy form ties road win record. I think it was with, wow, this is bad. I'm blanking on Miami's. Spolstra
1: or Pat Riley? Pat Riley. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Spolstra with the road. Hey, they had a really, really <laughs> solid
1: like four-year stretch there. He's still getting it done.
0: Yeah. And Rudy Gay also finds a way to sort of be like the third best player on every team now. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? Like I felt like his stock was so high for a while, and there was just kind of all this conversation. It's like a different flavor of Wiggins to me.
1: I was going to say, wow, what do you know, an athletic, uh, high-volume shooter that doesn't shoot from distance very well. Yeah. <laughs> but he's hung around. Uh, he was a big 2K8 player for me. So, Ooh. yeah, always yeah, have a soft spot. Kind of a high flyer,
0: throw it down a little bit. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Yeah. Always had a soft spot for him. And going into this game, I, I as I was watching it and listening to it, I didn't know what to think of the Spurs, but they're really, really solid again. Twenty-seven and twenty, they're the sixth seed. Like, Just what do lose you their entire team, and then pops like not worried. Yeah, he's like, as long as I can get to that nice Pat Riley Road, Mark will be good to go. <laughs> and they do have like two All-Star level players, LaMarcus and Demar Derozan, but.
0: It's true. But I think it was more just the West and then their whole kind of feng shui getting thrown to the wind. Yeah. With obviously like the core three that they used to have getting broken up, right?
1: And their point guard DeJounte Murray getting injured at the start of the season. I feel like you could just the Spurs like whole town San Antonio could like sink into quicksand and pop would crank out like a fifth seed in the West. Yeah. God forbid though. Um, but after that, we uh, Wolves turn around on a Sunday, managed to pick up a really, I think, this is
0: the worst win I've ever like, felt
1: a really interesting win against the Suns. Two point win, 116, 114. The takeaway for us, I would say, is D Rose hit the game winner, so that's what I was all about, and the rest of Twitter was all about. Noah points out that we eked out a two-point win in a game in which we were favored by 12 and a half and part of that had to do with the fact that deandre ayton was out and rashawn holmes their backup center was out the wolves were at home and we were like trailing yeah almost the whole game it was, I it do, was I, we talked
0: at the beginning of the game and i was like oh yeah the line's native 12 and you just said like i don't i don't like that like yeah it I doesn't don't want feel that. good
1: <laughs> um it It ended up being kind of a fun game and how it went back and forth, but there were a lot of stretches of just not good basketball.
0: Oh, yeah. I can't deny that Rose sort of has, again, checked off another box to make him seem like the player he used to be, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. He played really, really well, obviously hitting the game winner, which was really awesome to see. Uh, It was more just relief at the end of the game rather than joy to see that he pulled out the victory. Yeah. Yeah, Cat ended up really feasting on their backup bigs, not really with great shooting, but with getting to the line, he had 30 and 12. Rose went 12 of 24 and Taj, our boy, went seven of eight shooting for 17 points. Just consistent mans down the stretch.
0: And 13 for 13 from the line for Cat should be like a, that's got to be up there this year. And I would imagine so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's not a whole lot to speak of on the Sun side, except for a Jamal Crawford sighting which for me meant that there was probably a point in time that Jamal and Derek were on the court at the same time. And you would probably have, like if we were paying closer attention would have freaked out from like an efficiency standpoint last year. I would have been like, Oh God, no. Yeah. I think Crawford's probably
0: still the same way stat wise. Obviously Rose has taken a turn for the better, Mm -hmm. but his energy on the court and just, I think what he brings as a veteran like that is, is pretty scary. And obviously that isn't, in the models just yet.
1: No, 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 it's hard to it's hard to quantify that's a bad man, but they're I'm sure that they're working on it. Um so that finished up the week where the Wolves ended 500. I'll point out that if you take out the 76ers game which was a 42 point loss, just interestingly, we have wins and losses by Two, four, four, three, and two. So like a really gritty and tight week, but no like slam dunk wins.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where it even further solidifies my point that I think that would be good to make now is that it, it's just not enough data for us to start assessing Saunders because mm-hmm. it's the most like bland kind of things, right? You go three and three. You just mentioned what we won and lost by. Obviously, the Suns. I mean, the Sixers is forty two, but like. It's just kind of this up and down, normal sort of noise. And six games, we usually everyone agrees, is a small sample size. But I think there's just so much pressure that put on Saunders that every win or loss, they just kind of move the lever up and down on how they feel about him. So I think it just it's further proof that we just need to wait a little bit longer. I I would love if he would stay our coach. I think it's a great fit. I think he's worked with these guys and has a different kind of chemistry with them that Mm. Tibbs didn't really have.
1: Yeah. And just their respect in a different sort of way, you know, or they maybe admire him. Like they probably respected Tibbs a ton, but
0: yeah. And right before Tibbs left, we were kind of predicted to go 500 and have like a 30% chance to the playoffs. Now it's like a little under 500 and like a 25% chance. So like, I'm not going to sit around and think that's like a significant difference either way. So I'm I'm happy that our guys seem happier. I'm happy that people seem happier about the coaching decision. But as from a wins and losses perspective, I feel like those other two things are sort of leaking into our assessment. Like this is just going to be the best thing ever. and
1: Right. They're, like I kind of said at the start, um, we still have the same kind of players. Saunders isn't going to reinvent the wheel with our scheme. You'll probably just see a couple different changes made. I think that's smart. As a young coach, yeah. you just don't want to set yourself up for failure like that right right but now anytime that wiggins is attacking in transition it's gonna be like oh saunders has let him loose and like, like this is the new timberwolves yep. and then wiggins shoots like four for 15 the next game so <laughs> it's fun to see him on the sidelines it's cool when they pick up wins that i can say this is the saunders era now but you're which right, we will do but. yeah yeah <laughs> uh have no doubt about that. But you're right, it's um it's a really small sample size at this point. Other things to note, kind of over this stretch of recent games, we're still really bad on the road and Covington's still out, which Jim Pete and Dave Benz were using the excuse computer last night for that, saying like the wolves are just terribly injured, but this just happens over the course of a season.
0: Yeah, I think we had a discussion during the Suns game around injuries and how every team that gets an injury on a significant player thinks they're the only team Mm -hmm. who's going through this right now. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like you need to build into your expectations of the year that you're going to have. It's probably over 50% that you have one of your top three players be out for more than five games in a year. Right. So when that happens, don't just (laughs) be absolutely shocked. Right. Yeah. You need to manage that. And so I think we've had a pretty average
1: injury bout. Mm-hmm. I would say so, outside of the general soreness thing yeah. at the
0: start of the season.
1: Yeah. That was very far from normal, obviously. But I just
0: I don't like focusing on that because I think it's very normal and within the, the range of not yeah, surprising.
1: We're not an injury-ridden team, but just of late, it's like uh, I would love to see Rocco sprinkled in just to see what this team looks like For with sure. him. So um, Other than that, Noah, cat lately. A lot to talk about. A lot of positives. It's everything. It's the
0: reason we're sort of 500 in these games, right? Yes,
1: exactly. And when he gets in foul trouble, too, it's the reason that we're struggling. But um, he's been on a tear of a stretch lately. The previous 10 games, kind of over the course of the month of January, he's been averaging basically 25 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, and two blocks on almost 50% shooting. So some really solid numbers, even to the point where he's getting some ESPN infographics. Yeah.
0: And we're not even in a major market.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he's getting about five minutes on SportsCenter when they need to take a breath from uh, LeBron Jordan. They're like, hey, by the way, Carl Anthony Towns playing solid. Check him out.
0: (laughs) And the the bottom headline ticker, not... I don't know. Just- <laughs> no, no, no.
1: It's in like the bottom corner. They do kind of a picture in picture. They've got uh, debates going on, but then like here's what's going on or like are on the World of Sports kind of in the context of how we're playing like when he's playing well it fuels us to win. When he gets in foul trouble or starts to chase blocks, I feel like we're almost doomed. And part of that's the reason I think he should be an all-star. I wish we had a couple more wins so his case was was pushed.
0: Yeah, and then Rose probably overshadows that whole thing too as well. Yeah, he's right?
1: still second in fan voting, which is Well, I think there's nuts. no doubt that
0: Cat is more of a deserving all-star mm-hmm. than Rose. But I, I fully understand why he's ahead in fan voting. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. So something definitely to keep an eye on. Hopefully he keeps playing at this awesome stretch and continues to turn it on. But over the last 10 games that I pointed out, he's also had 4.2 fouls a game and I'm getting kind of sick of seeing him whining at the refs. He's got a little bit of that. He's got that in him. So if anything, if anything
0: gets you more fouls, but also if you're fouling out in that many games, like it's cause of you. Right.
1: And it's the early stuff. It's just like two quick ones in the first and now our first half like offense is shot.
0: And even if you're playing with two fouls, you're not the same person that you are with zero, right? Like you're mm-hmm. just going to like drop off screens or you're just going to put your hands straight in the air and let a guy drive by you, right? Mm-hmm. So I, he won't... And mentally, you just don't have the same aggression because you're just in a different space. You're kind space of, where out you're just sort of it, yeah. trying out by it, to When you're out and you're trying to last the whole game. Yes. Whether or not you consciously know it, probably.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was something that kind of carried over the course of the week. Worth, worth mentioning because we're we're big Carl guys. we got to give them got to give him shouts every once in a while
0: yeah it's almost more impressive that he's able to sort of have the impact he's been having even though he's limiting himself with minutes and things yeah, like oh that oh my
1: gosh if you could only imagine what he could do if he stayed out of foul trouble, he'd be like the greatest timberwolf ever but <laughs> and but life goes on and this is what we have to deal with and you're seeing some of that stuff with towns play out in like your advanced metrics digging.
0: Yeah, so Towns is still leading in box plus minus, and then it's Cove, Gibson, and Rose. And then after that, there's sort of a big drop-off to Sarge. I used to sort of include him in the our sort of five where it felt like there was a drop-off after that. But now it seems like, I think when he first came, his shooting percentage was super high, and he was sort of making up for other gaps. And- mm mm-hmm. He doesn't really excel in one of the any like top five categories or whatever, and then his shooting percentage went down. So he just sort of looks a lot more lackluster. Yep. So yeah, Towns, Cove, Gibson, Rose. I don't think anyone else is really creating much impact besides being like a bench level
1: player, right? There's
0: I, obviously a spectrum, but there's just there's just a bigger gap in it.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's it goes to show like how he makes an impact with regards to the other players on the floor Um, yeah and
0: i think there's a lot of talk around sarge needs to develop let's get taj out of here we could get a good trade for him i totally agree with that i think that's all great but i think there does need to be some acknowledging that like i think just about any way on paper taj is a more effective player Mm well he might not be next year he's getting old all these things but like right now as it stands if we dish taj out i think there is going to be a noticeable impact because sarge is then the starter and then whoever you're kind of managing and that positions bench minutes with is probably going to also become worse right yeah so you have to fill somebody in for it so I think that's just something to keep in mind but I do think there's an advantageous trade out there with Taj involved
1: yes for sure before we jump into the upcoming week this is unprompted I've got some big sports news maybe kind of a preview for next week Maya Moore thinking about sitting out the link season Noah, did you hear about this at all? Or did you need me wow. to drop some knowledge I real am quick? I shook,
0: but I know nothing of it.
1: Okay, good. Yeah. So you are probably like the rest of our listeners or non-NBA kind of deep dive guys like me. As you know, most NBA WNBA players play or make their money overseas. Yes. And some have started a trend of sitting out a year in the WNBA using that as their international off season and then coming back with a vengeance. And I think that's what Maya Moore is doing, but she also requested a trade. So what I'm going to do, yeah, so I think there's just a lot of like mixing contract disputes and desire to get some rest. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to get in contact with Cheryl. I mm-hmm. tweeted at her before about A Star is Born. See what the deal is with Maya Moore. And she tweeted back. She did tweet back. So now I'm one for one. I'm going to push for two for two. What are your thoughts on the Maya Moore situation? <laughs> <laughs> and have you seen any good movies recently? And we'll get back to the hashtag Wolves listeners about that. So I wanted to fit in that kind of quick psa a little bit of a plug too
0: don't leave this pod when you become like a a lynx insider
1: yeah well yeah i'll I'll remember where i cut my teeth that's for sure but with that uh quick look at the upcoming week we've got the suns again uh the injured lakers team and the jazz all on the road noah what's your vibe for the week
0: i think suns are still a bad team (laughs) so we're gonna go play them on the road and i think that's the, the most likely game to pick up this week, mm-hmm. and then the Lakers we have at forty four percent due to a plague of injuries with Rondo, Lonzo Ball, and LeBron. They're a forty seven win team with with those guys, twenty seven without. That's probably the biggest disparity in the NBA right now, for sure. Um, sort of relates to how everyone's going through injuries and our point earlier, and then the Jazz fifteen percent coming off uh road game the night before so back to back on the road that pesky elevation
1: yeah it'll get to you <laughs> so. i i totally agree if there's a win to pick up this week it's it's a one win week probably two against like the suns but pretty surprising for me yeah for sure but if they whether they pick up you know one two or three wins or none i guess yeah uh, we'll be here to cover it for you
0: yeah, and a little bit of housekeeping. We'll have just a section of links in the episode description so that any way you can support us or review us, all those things there, and that'll keep us from not being on our ad-type soapbox every week, so you can just look there every week if you want to support or help us in any way.
1: Gotcha. When you said links, I got excited because I thought you meant links, <laughs> but like hyperlinks. Okay. <laughs> all right. We'll yeah. Check out those hyperlinks. Uh, with that. How? Howl.
0: Howl.